Hi, I'm Vogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the podcast brought to you by Boots that asks the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we are focusing on chronic pain. Now, most of us assume that if we're in pain, it'll be fleeting. Think like pulling our hamstrings, attempting a couch to 5K or self-induced headaches from maybe one too many drinks the night before. But for two-fifths of the UK population, pain is a daily struggle. In fact, research shows that there are 28 million of us who are living with chronic pain that has lasted for three months or longer. So why are we suffering in silence and what can we do to live more comfortably? To help answer those questions, I'm joined by ex-rugby superstar and sports pundit Hugo Monnier, who recently opened up about having long-term issues with back pain during his time as a contestant on the latest series of Strictly Come Dancing. Now, before we kick things off, if anyone listening to this episode is struggling with chronic pain and would like more support and information, always speak to your GP as a first port of call. You can also head over to boots.com forward slash health hub, where you can sign up to the Leva Pain Management Service and access science-led expert advice on how to manage your pain more effectively. Okay, let's get started. Now, Hugo, you've been really, really open about your long-term struggles with back pain. And when I first noticed that you had pain was when you pulled out of Strictly because I was watching you on Strictly and you had to pull out because of the pain. Yeah, that was really tough to even get to that decision. And ultimately, it was a decision based on an intervention with one of the um, uh, choreographers. He'd watched me dancing with OT the day before and we had to do this lift and I've been suffering with back problem, I think, really since week one. But you just crack on, you get on a bit because you want to get a good dance. And mm-hmm. I did this lift of OT where I had to throw her up. I caught and I just hit the deck and I couldn't stand up properly. And for the rest of the day, I spent... It was weird. It felt like my body was too heavy for my body. And so I had to like lean against the wall and all the rest of it. But I turned up to train the next day fully expecting to do another 12 hours. And then I had this call from Strictly going, hey, so we've heard that you're suffering. So I wasn't really telling them. It was the choreographer who spotted it. And then that's where things escalated and ended up having a scan. And I had three spinal injections. And even then I was just like, okay, I'll just give myself like one or two days rest and we'll be back at it. Yeah, we'll just carry on training where... That probably wasn't the best thing for me, but it was all driven by my primary focus was performance and training and actually not my own like, health, which is a bit, which isn't great. I feel like we have a kind of culture and especially probably because you've done it since rugby, like you must have always had some kind of pain, like you get battered around the pitch. Are you just kind of used to pushing through that pain to just keep doing the job that you're doing? And I was like explaining to Strictly what was going on. And I just said to them, do you want me to tell you exactly what's going on? Because I think I've got this warped association with pain I I really do I don't remember the last time I played a rugby match like fully fit and not in pain but there's always something do you know what I mean and if I waited to be 100% to play a match I'd probably play a handful of matches a season that's just how it is yeah when I'm describing things to them so there was a day where I couldn't feel my left foot because of the sensations that was happening in my back and they were like that's not normal I was like but dealing with it became so normal to me. But now I'm actually yeah. talking to you lot about it. You're like, Hugo, you're in real trouble. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, I think maybe I am. And that's yeah. the reason I did something about it. So my association with pain is so warped due to the environment and the industry that I've worked in for such a long time. So do you reckon you would have just kept going on had Strictly not pulled you aside and said, listen, this isn't right, you can't keep doing it? 100%. So two days before I had this intervention, I was fully, I was fully planning on doing 12 hours of training that day, 10 hours the next day, and I was going to perform at the weekend because I was of the mindset that if you break, you break. And, you know, then you just fix it afterwards where really you don't want to push your body to breaking point. Yeah. For us, I think, or as a professional, like a former professional, like rugby player, pushing yourself to the limit is something that I was just so used to doing. Not just myself, but the messaging around me and the environment that, that, that I was in. And I was kind of exporting that mindset into a dance world but actually you need to look after yourself to get the best out of yourself and I'm aware of it but when you're just so focused on being everything that you want to be yeah you just get this real imbalance of doing what's right and doing what you want to do which is really it's just not a healthy mindset I would hate for anyone who's listening to this thinks that's what I need to do I'm saying I could have done things a lot better. Yeah, I suppose even like if you're training in the gym and you you, you like pull something, like I would be, I'd I'd stay back then and I wouldn't train, but you probably are used to it. So you just go back and train again the next day and the next day and the next day. It's, yeah, it's, it's not good. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it relatable because not everyone's been able to play rugby to a professional level or go on strictly. But you're right, on a day-to-day, just going to the gym, like I think even more so with men, we spend so much time, attention and finance into our bodies, looking good, trying to eat healthy, the things we eat, yeah. drink, um, the money we spend on gym memberships, everything else. But the one thing we aren't is mindful of what our body's saying. The most honest thing that we possess is our body. So when something's yeah. hurting or aching or whatever, listen to it. But then I think there's... So for example, it can be correlated to mental health as well. If I broke my arm and it was bleeding... Vogue, you'd be like, okay, I think you need to pay attention to it. But if you've hurt your hamstring or have mental health issues, because they're invisible things and back pain is an invisible pain, it's hard for people to get on board with it because there's, mm. unless you're hunched over or you're hobbling or whatever it is, there's no kind of, there's nothing visible for me to be able to emotionally tie myself into your pain. And I think that's part of the problem. And what I've learned because I've had to deal with it for such a long time is, Back pain is one of the causes of depression in this country. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Because invisible. My brother went through it. He's got similar back pain to me and he went into work and needed some time off. And his employees, they just didn't believe him because you couldn't see it. He ended up having to leave the company because there became trust issues. He was having to get um, doctor's notes on doctor's notes. But because he was still able to walk and go to work and do his work, they were like, why do you need time to stay at home? So it really needs to be an understanding between the people you're working with, especially if you're being honest with yourself and saying, I'm not quite all right. And I guess it's like questioning your professionalism as well, especially for your brother. It's like, no, actually, like, I'm not well. This is now having to even give doctor's notes all the time. It's like, actually, no. Where did your back pain originate from? Is it a genetic thing or you just both played a lot of rugby? Both genetic and playing rugby, like rugby is such an aggressive sport. We wear these GPS monitors in the back of our jerseys. It tracks how fast, far you run, the collisions you take, and you speak to any surgeon. 
And they say a lot of the injuries which they're seeing are similar to what they see in car crashes. I mean, you've got, yeah, I mean, the G-forces and to try and humanise it a little bit more, like I remember this one lad got hit in a tackle and it was the equivalent of being hit by an ice cream truck at 20 miles an hour. Like the human body's not there to sustain that repeatedly time and time again, but that's just what we put ourselves through. But we patch ourselves up, we crack on and we do it because we're men and we play rugby and we're really hard. (laughs) And you're just like, I mean, I comment out in the game now and I'm watching, I'm like, did I do that? Like how dumb was I? (laughs) Like really big. I used to just run into people like it and that was my job. It is crazy. Like I watch it and I'm like, oh my God, I never want my son to play that sport because it's just so aggressive. Even the scrum, it's like, ah, like your shoulders. Yeah. Just being battered all the time. When did you first realise the back pain? Oh gosh, I had a horrible incident, which was born out of nothing. So we're doing a sprint training session, we're warming up and I was was jogging at like 50% and out of nowhere, I hit the deck and couldn't stand up. And the lads were taking the mick out of me because it looked like, I mean, I fell over in slow motion, <laughs> jogging. And the lads were like, hey, what are you doing? Do you get up? And so this happened and I had to be carried into a car, put onto a physio table, and I couldn't stand up. So I couldn't walk to the loo and I needed the loo and I couldn't even go home. So I had to go back to a friend's house and I spent three days on his living room floor asleep I, I had a mop bucket which was converted into my portable loo lovely yeah I mean pretty dark times I was 25 I was like oh my gosh like that's like, a nice pal yeah I know what a good lad I mean yeah. the worst thing was is that I'm laying in his cat I'm laying on this um liver and floor I've got a mop bucket which I'd used um in, in through the night and the cleaners walked in and just been oh. like, what's <laughs> that mop bucket? I kind of need to clean the house, but I don't think I'll be using that. She just looked at oh. this decrepit man on the floor, just going, and I'm looking at her thinking, what is life? I'm meant to be this like elite athlete and I can't even stand up to like shake her hand or make her a cup of tea. So that was the first like. And you were only 25. Yeah, honestly, it was dark. That's where I find that really scary, though, not to be able to get up. And like, what were the doctors saying to you then? You just you just had to like ride it out. Yeah, I had a prolapse disc. Was essentially putting loads of pressure on my nerve, and yeah, I had a compressed nerve, which was basically talking to my leg and saying, "Don't move." So that was yeah. like worrying. But but to tell you, I was back playing within three months. Like, what were you doing? Because. Gosh. The one thing, like my deepest passion is rugby and I had it taken away from me. So I felt isolated. So all I wanted to do was to get back and play rugby. But I rehabbed really well. And like we're surrounded by like the best in the business and they help you get better. I played for England within a year. I made my debut. So I know that I was like back and I was great. But ultimately, I essentially knew that... I had a deep-rooted problem. I've got a real lordotic back, so there's more pressure that goes through the, the, the base of my back. The loads that we're lifting in the gym, playing a physical game, doing all these things are not conducive to someone who's got a back problem. So, yeah, I've had this and tried to manage and cope and deal with it for so many years. I got it back better and fixed by the start strictly. But then my first dance was doing the samba, and it's like isolated hip movements in your lower back 
I have no movement in my lower back. By the way, uh, I mean, you can ask Craig Revel Horwood. He will tell you I have no hip movement as well, hence why he gave me two threes this season. <laughs> and so I'm like... It's a bit unfair. So unfair. I was robbed. I was robbed. You know it. I know it. The country knows it, okay? Uh, Dab out. <laughs> but I'm now like trying to isolate my back and hips for two weeks. And fun enough, like your back shouts and screams and says, no, I've had enough. But you only ever do it once and you want to go as far as you can go. So what do you do? It's kind of mad, though, that you did so many years of rugby, like absolutely battering your body and yeah. it took strictly before you actually made the decision <laughs> okay actually I need to take this seriously <laughs> I know it's mad isn't it and the man yeah. honestly so that week so I had a weekend off to have these to have this spinal procedure people are like oh my gosh this guy that played rugby and now he's not hard enough for dancing I'm like bro I've never danced before <laughs> like it's totally different using different muscles and everything else different stresses in my body but People just expect you to be able to get on and do it. And that is part of the mentality as to why people suffer from chronic pain. Well, come on, you're you're meant to be tough. Why can't you just get on with it? And I'm like, being tough and getting on with it is the very reason why I have chronic back pain because I've never done anything with it. My surgeon said to me, you need to stop dancing. And I was like, what? I was like, I said, you're off your head. I said, no, like bro, I've got this really cool rumba, which Oti and I are going to do next week. And he's like, I don't think that's the most important thing. I said, no, but you should see the costume. The outfit's really cool. And we're dancing to Bruno Mars. Wait till you see it. It's worth it. I swear it's worth it. He's like, no. So come here to me. You got three injections. So is that one of your ways that you deal with your pain? You go and you get injections in your back. Yeah, and that's the third set of injections I've had in my back this year. This year? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, that's not cool. Like, and so, But how long does that, like, relieve the pain for you? Are you constantly in pain? Um, so sat here right now, chilled out. I've got, like, weird sensation down my left leg and pins and needles in my foot. And it's, it's like, it's out of control now. So sometimes it feels as if, someone's poured like an ice cold glass of water down my sock because of the level of like numbness and lust or sensation. Like I'm 38, do you know what I mean? I've got two kids and they wanted to go to soft play the other week. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a bit Like trying to race around and run after them. And so now like my professional life of battling my body is done and I've just finished this like physical show about quality of life now do you know what I mean like I can't yeah. be sat here chilling out on a podcast and I don't have total sensation in my left leg so but the thing for me and I guess the message is how have I allowed myself to get to this point and why didn't I just simply listen to my body and be more proactive because the next course of treatment you're looking at surgery well actually if I just managed and monitored myself and didn't just grin and bear it and stiff up a lip and all those kind of myths that we have to demystify and just get rid of. It's okay. Yeah. So absolutely okay to just listen to yourself and realise I can't do it and yeah. fix it. Because, you know, I've done loads of Pilates and things like that, which really help. But 
at this point because I haven't listened to myself for, for so long. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to have to go under the knife now. Yeah, you've probably taken a lot of steps back just from pushing yourself that bit further. So for someone who doesn't have chronic pain, does it come on like straight away or does it like build and then you have it or how does it work? Yeah, it does build. But I think at the first sight of it, your natural response is, can I push through this? How much further can I take it? My message to anyone is if you push through it and it gets worse, like stop, stop, fix it, explore it. And I can only talk of my experience and everyone has their own methodologies and things that they believe will fix whatever ailment that they have. But don't just keep pushing through things because if if you're wanting to get fit, let's say, for example, and so you go out running on the bike or whatever it might be, or you're doing weights, you're intending to get fitter, healthier, bigger, faster, leaner, whatever it is. If by pushing through the pain, you're, what that mindset is so counterintuitive to the thing you're trying to do. I wanted to get fitter, stronger, faster, but by pushing through the pain, it's meant that, I'm probably going to have to have surgery and be out of action and do the very thing that I want to do, which is be fit and healthy. So just listen to yourself. Let your body guide you rather than your mind guiding your body because, yeah, your mind does, of course, control your body, but it often can really skew your thinking and take away some of the clarity of what is right and wrong. I wanted to do a rumba more so than look after my body. Like, yeah. What are you on about? I'm not even a professional <laughs> dancer. <laughs> like, do you... they give you the outfit to take home at least? <laughs> no, but I'm going to go back and claim it again. I mean, wear it for the final. Exactly. Only, uh, and I got voted off. Like, Vogue is so much of I did it in Australia and I got voted off like fourth. I was like, God, how, how long did you last? Uh, okay, not to trump you, but fifth. What? Yeah. You with your back got to fifth. Imagine how bad I was. <laughs> okay, what dance did you get voted off to? That one, the Pablo, whatever it's called. What's oh, it called? Paso. Paso, that's the one. But I couldn't imagine you doing the Paso in terms of the... I'm too big is the problem. I'm so tall and my dance partner was not able to lift me. or anything. I blame him. Yeah, and you should blame him because it's his yeah. job to get you to dance and he didn't do his job. But in terms of like the passer, you got to be like mean and aggressive and I couldn't imagine you being like, mm, I'm angry. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I'm not a very angry person. I do have a bit of a temper, so I should have brought more of that into Let's not explore that on this pod. How can I So tell you? us about your temper. Well, <laughs> I've broken quite a few things in a rage. Great. It's rare. The temper is rare. It takes a while to, to bring it out. Is it chronic, but, uh, is it chronic temper? Or? <laughs> it's not chronic temper. I'd say it builds and builds. And then there's an explosion at the end. Okay, <laughs> but do you have, you must have good and bad days then. Like some days are you just like, even with anxiety, if I have a really anxious day, I'm just like, oh, you know what, that day, I like, I kind of am like, right, this day is not going to be the best day, but tomorrow will be better. Is it the same with like your pain? Yeah, 100%. So unpredictable. Throughout the whole course of Strictly, I woke up not knowing how my body would feel. That's not a good place to be. I'd like put my feet down, take a step to go to the loo and I'd be like, oh. Oh, I can feel both my feet. Today's a good day. Like feeling your feet on a daily basis, if you're fully healthy, should not be the barometer that like you're not yeah. winning at life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're just getting. There they are. <laughs> oh, <they're> fantastic! <laughs> All ten toes, I can feel them on the floor. Not today. Yes, I love gravity, but then like within three hours, you're like, 
where's my left leg gone? Like, where has my left leg gone? So I was kind of blagging it, but then I did invest heavily, but at the wrong time. Classic bloke. When you're in trouble and things have gone way too bad, what do you do? You throw money at a situation. So I got myself a hyperbaric chamber. It's like, it's an oxygen chamber and it helps with like rest and recovery. And like, I'm not recommending it, but I did that for me. But they're not cheap, these things. But I did that after like not being able to walk. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. But, but that will fix it. It's like, no, you, the, the horse is bolted. <laughs> Everything at that point was like managing it. And what I would say is, you don't want to get to a point of like chronic pain. You don't want to get to a point where you're just managing something. You actually need to, you want to be proactive to not get to a point where you're feeling pain. And then secondly, you also want to get to a point where you're preventing it rather than, oh gosh, this has gone too far. How can I desperately yeah. try and fix it? How how does it affect you mentally though? Because I can't imagine like even not being able, that would freak me out. Yeah. I played professional rugby 14 years. There was nothing ever stopping me from doing anything. Running, jogging, sprinting, biking, climbing. I could do everything. I'm now retired and I just can't do everything. But my passion was running. I, I, I was a sprint athlete before I played rugby. I've not been able to run for a year, maybe a bit longer. I just can't. like Because I had a real bad episode um, about seven months ago. It was in March, it was in March. And um, I was just jogging, jogging. I was doing some filming and I had a rugby ball. I was just jogging around. Um, really, like if I had to mark it out to 10 in terms of physical exertion, it was a three. Then my back went into spasm and I couldn't stand up straight for six weeks. What? Yeah, so that's how unpredictable I've got it because I've just neglected myself and not done anything about it. So that's obviously a really bad like stage which I'm at and that's just... That's just not cool. So, so yeah, mentally it's frustrating to like mentally feel like I can do everything, but physically I just, I know I can't. And that's yeah. sad when I've come from such a active world, active place. In fact, it, that's, that's my passion. Um, so I guess my mindset now is I really want to be able to do everything I can to be able to get back, to give myself the option to be able to do the things that I really want to do. Even to go for a nice jog or something, it's not like a big thing to be expecting of your body, I suppose. I live by the riverside and I see people out jogging like every day and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, there is that nice escape though when you go jogging. Like for me, it's just nice you're in your own head and you're just going around for like half an hour or whatever. I'd say I'd really miss that as well. But did you find then, I know that it's come on a lot now, but you're, did it affect your rugby career at all? did, yeah. It, it changed the way I trained. I wasn't able to do everything that I wanted to do. And some of that's just age. Some of that's just ability. But yeah, it certainly changed the focus. It changed me as a player, actually. Yeah, it changed the style of player that I became. Um, so yeah, it's kind of not been at the cause of everything. And by the way, like, I'm like happy person. Like, look back at my career going, wow, like, I'm really proud of everything I did. But I also do know that there was a cost to everything I did. And by the way, I'm not blaming the sport or anything. And considering everything that I've kind of gone through, if I had the opportunity to start and do it all over again, would I do it all over again? 100%. The only thing I would change is I would just take far better care of myself. Yeah. Because although I was pleased with the career that I had, 
I reckon I probably could have done more. I suppose when you're young, though, it's not really like a, you kind of just expect yourself to be able to cope with it um, yeah. and to push your body like that. Yeah, you do. You're a kid. But, you don't know any better. I'm superhuman. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can play a game on a Saturday, don't have to do recovery, or be out on the beer Saturday night and then do whatever. Like, I just neglected myself. I mean, I just wasn't as essentially as professional, whether it be through neglecting not listening to my body or just not doing the things that I needed to do essentially to be all that I could be and and that's that and unfortunately as a young fella the one thing you don't have is experience and by the time you've got experience sometimes it's actually just too late yeah <laughs> and so and you don't really want to take anyone else's advice on board as well at, at a young age it's just like no I can do it I'm fine of course because at that point like I was like hang on I'm doing my dream job I seem to be doing okay and all these older ones that played back in their day as like, yeah. behave, let me live my life. I'm on my yeah. own journey. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're on your own journey, but you're on your journey to flipping surgery, pal, unless you yeah. fill up. And yeah, I could have listened a bit more, but hey, it's, it's all all right. It, I mean, without any of this back pain, I wouldn't be on this podcast. So, you know, every, yeah. every cloud. Oh, that's a very positive way of looking at it. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast so much. <laughs> if I didn't ruin myself for all those years, I wouldn't be on the pod. Exactly. <laughs> I can only feel seven toes, but I'm on the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does it now, because it's back pain, I can imagine it must affect your sleep and stuff. And does it affect your relationship? Like, I know you've got a partner. Is that hard like when you're just like, listen, I can't, I can't go and do this today. I've got to go and like, I, I can't get up. I can't get out. Yeah. Do you know what? Like it does and it can, it does affect my sleep. It affects lots of different things, but it's also, I'm not going to lie. It's an incredible excuse as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. If I don't fancy something, oh, you know, the, the back, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the back. Oh, should we go for a lovely walk um, through Richmond Park? Oh, but you know, the, the back. Maybe I should stay at home. <laughs> Not because the football's on, not because the football's on, but the, the, the batch, oh, it's, just, it's just having one of those random episodes. It's like, you know, you, you have a child and I know you're pregnant and like kids are amazing, but they're also the best ready-made excuse ever. Can't kids. They are. If, you, if, you, if you're worried about having kids, they're the best excuse. Get them, have them for that. They're great for it. Have you found opening up, like, because you've, you've just started, I think you might have just realised it yourself, really, with Strictly and everything like that. Have you found it difficult to, like, speak to other people about this? And how, how have they reacted to you? I think I speak to a lot of people, perhaps, that was a little bit like me as a, a young fella. They're like, oh, well, that just happened to you. You know, think I'm a lot better and I'm a lot more in tune. But equally, depending on your current circumstance, whether you're a professional athlete or someone likes to keep fit or has their own like ailments, don't they? Some people listen and take it on board. But I like to believe that. And the message I try to convey is one which I hope I, I wish I'd listened to as a, as a young lad. I really do. Some people take it on board because in the eyes of, uh, I guess, of, of a few people, I was this big rugby player. That was unbreakable, invincible, hard, tough as nails. And then I'm telling them that I'm struggling. And all of a sudden it it breaks down that image or vision they had of you. And you're like, Do you know what? I'm, I'm struggling and I've struggled with it for a good while. 
And it actually just humanizes things a little bit more and makes makes you a little bit more relatable because yeah. And we've seen it over the last year, whether it be um, Simone Biles, the American gymnast, Naomi yeah. Otaka, the tennis player. They're superhuman people that we put on pedestals and all of a sudden they say they're struggling with something. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling too. And actually by showing a sense of vulnerability and showing that you are struggling about something, I think it almost invokes response in people where they feel more comfortable to talk about their struggles, whether it be physical, whether it be chronic pain, mental, whatever it is. And so I'm very happy to be very open and talk about my own thing. And I can't tell people what to do because people told me what to do and I didn't listen. But what you can do is just share your experience with them and just hope they're able enough to make the best decision for themselves. Yeah, definitely. And for people that are also suffering with chronic pain or pain in general, what would, like you've had the most amazing probably physiotherapists and everything like that helping you, but have you got like any holistic methods that you use that could help other people? Yeah, I mean, things that I've really relied upon with back pain has been things which, and you don't need to have a professional around you because you can't expect, you know, I played in a world whereby I woke up and before I even did anything, Vogue, I had 30 minutes of Pilates and then, um, and then I had a massage followed by physio. That could be an hour, hour and a half out of my day before I started my day. Anyone living a regular life, I don't have an hour and a half. Like, with two kids running around, oh, sorry, I'm just going to do some Pilates. <laughs> like, no, you're not. They've got to get ready for school, you idiot. Like, get off the floor doing downward dog and you know, get her shoes on, get her out of the house. So yeah. I, I get it. But what I'm saying is that small exercises you can do, and what I would say to anyone is do your own research and just find your own methodology because what worked for me not, might not work for anyone else. But the only way in which you will research and find out things that are good for you is by talking. Like, don't suffer in silence and don't think you're stronger and than you think you are. Yeah. Having a weakness or an ailment doesn't mean that you're weak. It just doesn't. I wish I'd shared my experiences um, a lot earlier. Be open to getting out there and chatting to people about it. But yeah, Pilates was amazing for me. But there's so many different ones like which you can use whether it be tablets vitamins cbd oils it's a minefield out there yeah you just don't know what to use what you reckon about those i i, I love a massage gun oh my god yeah they're great aren't they i i use it daily yeah i use it daily because i don't have to go and see a physio i can use it at work i mean some of them are actually quite small you can just put it into a bag i can use it yeah. at the gym i can use it at home but for me, that just tops up and just allows me to get some consistent type of physiotherapy without the expense of doing it and actually finding the time to be able to manage and do it. Yeah, I reckon as well, like physio is super expensive. And I yeah. think if you have the massage gun, at least you can do it yourself. Last question for you now, Hugo. I think that uh, a lot of people suffer in silence with their pain. And what are your tips for talking about it more openly with people? Besides going on a podcast. Besides going on a <laughs> podcast, um, I think it's very rare that people go to the gym just on their own. So you'll have mm -hmm. a group of friends who are like-minded that will go to the gym, play at a rugby club, football club, golf, whatever it is. Speak to them because they might be going through what you're currently going through as well. So genuine, like, 
sharing that load of however you're feeling or suffering, I think honestly helps instigate your pathway to fixing it. I truly mm. do. So having a conversation, the same way we're having a conversation now, I'm, I'm reflecting, thinking, flipping heck, I made some errors. <laughs> and I wish I'd done things slightly different. Yeah. Who's currently within that eye of the storm or feeling like they might be on their pathway to chronic pain or suffering with some sense of pain. Act now. Don't grin and bear it. Don't do any of those things. Do something about it now. But often that starts with a conversation, maybe even a consultation with a medical professional. Yeah. Good advice. That was that was a great podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it's a great podcast. I feel like I'm patting myself on the back. You should do, actually. I hope your back gets better. Thank you. Whatever you have to do if you've got to get surgery. And you were robbed from Strictly, right? <laughs> so were you. So were you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was not robbed. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither was I. I remember someone saying to me, like, oh, gosh, like, how's Oti? And I was like, she's amazing. Like, if, She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if we don't win Strictly, it's obviously not going to be her fault. Like, she, <laughs> like, she could dance. <laughs> like, it's going to be me. So uh, She's probably delighted with a bit of time off. Yeah. She's the, always at the end. She's living the dream. I think, maybe, maybe. She is for sure. Well, thanks a million, Hugo. Thank you. Take care. Cheers, then. Cheers, Tara. Thanks. Wow, I mean, that was a great episode. I feel like I learned so much about what it's really like to live with chronic pain. And remember, we don't have to live in a bubble with it. Talking about what we're going through with friends, loved ones or other people who are going through the same thing can really help to feel less alone. Now, we're going to have to wrap things up there. A huge thanks to Hugo for joining me today. I'm sure there are plenty of listeners who have their own struggles with pain or who have a friend or a loved one that does and can relate to a lot of what we've spoken about today. If you have enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate if you'd rate, review and subscribe. It makes a big difference and we'd love to spread the word. Remember, if anyone listening to this episode is struggling with chronic pain and would like more support and information, always speak with your GP as a first port of call. You can also head over to boots.com forward slash health hub where you can sign up to the Leave a Pain Management Service and access science-led expert advice on how to manage your pain more effectively. Eligibility criteria and charges do apply. Also, don't forget Boots has a wide range of products designed to support you with managing your pain from pharmacy approved pain relief to pill free pain relief and even digital pain relief. Discover all of this and more at boots.com. <laughs>